Hello, good evening, listeners. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back on Jojo's podcast. Okay, I'm gonna read some of stories from Disney. February first, Bellies of the Ball of the Ball. Sorry. Cinderella was invited to a splendid ball. You shall look beautiful, beamed her fairy godmother. She waved her hand at the lazy patterns of frost on the window. In a twinkling, Cinderella was wearing a ball gown made of lace, just like the frost. It is very cold. Mused the very good mother. She waved her wand towards the snowflakes falling outside, and in a flash, Cinderella had a beautiful cloak of white feathers, just like snowflakes, and now a necklace. The very good mother waved her wand at the icicles hanging from the trees outside and Cinderella was suddenly wearing a fine diamond necklace. Enjoy yourself, smiled the fairy godmother and she finished. But then in came Cinderella's wicked stepmother and her ugly daughters Anastasia and Genevieve. I want that dress, howled Oval Anastasia. I want that cloak, stretched dreadful Geneve. And I want those diamonds, cried the stepmother. So they went to the ball, dressed in Cinderella's finery, and left her to sweep the kitchen. <clears throat> But the very good mother was cross. She waved her wand, and the diamond became iceless again, and feathers became snowflakes, and the dress became frost. And in the in the heat of the ballroom, they began to melt. Oh, ick! Ah, squealed the stepmother and her daughters. Everyone was laughing at them, and they ran home as fast as they could. Hachu, hachu! All three caught bad cold. And kind Cinderella tucked them into bed and gave them hot lemon and honey to drink. That will teach them to take Cinderella's belongings," chuckled the fairy godmother. February second, very fun. The reluctant dragon yawned, guards of flame as he peeped out of his cave. He saw a big party of children down by the frozen lake. Some of them were skating. Some were building a giant snowman. What fun! cried the dragon. I will join in. The children weren't a bit afraid of the reluctant dragon. He was an old friend. Look at our snowman! They cried. The dragon came nearer. Splendid! He boomed. But Sazel, the dragon's fairy breath melted the snowman. Ah! Oh, well, the children, 
Go away, dragon. The dragon sadly tra trailed towards the frozen lake to watch the clever skaters. Hooray! Bravo! He cheered. And what do you think? He, Yes, his very breath melted the ice. No, no one could skate. Go away, dragon! They shouted. The dragon felt very miserable. He only wanted to join in the fun. Then, then along came the king's herald. Oh dear, sighed the dragon. I hope he isn't bringing me a challenge to fight a knight. The king meant to have a barbecue fire here and grill sausages, announced the herald. But I'm sorry to say the royal woodcutter is in bed with a cold, and we cannot build a fire without logs. Oh, sighed everyone sadly. Hey, Kishan. Good evening. Welcome, welcome. Then one little boy peeped. We could cook our sausages on the dragon's flaming breath if he would let us. The dragon was only too pleased. At, l at last he could join in the fun. Everyone held out a sausage on a long fork. The dragon drew a deep breath and puffed out flames. Whoosh! The sausages were grilled in no time, and everyone cried, Three cheers for the Relaclan Dragon! February 3 The Ball Game Pongo and Perdita took their Dalmatian puppies into the park and they saw some boys playing soccer. The puppies rushed on the field and threw themselves on that big brown sprinkly ball. They love balls. Hi, wrote the boys. The Dalmatian raced away, pushing the ball in front of them. Those naughty puppies, like Perdita. We must stop them, Pongo. Pongo and Perdita raced after the puppies, and the boys raced after Pongo and Perdita, shouting, Give us our ball! Ping! One Dalmatian pup kicked. The ball with his hand leg, it sailed into the air, and another pup bounced off his head. Then a third pup dribbled the, dribbled the ball forward with uh, his nose. Another whistled ahead and thumped the ball with his paw. So that is shot into the air. A whistle blew. The boy stopped still. But the puppies ran on, bunching the ball off their heads, until ping! The smallest pup shot the ball right through the goalpost. The man with the whistle came up. He was the boy's sports teacher. Pongo and Perdita were very worried. They knew he would be cross with their puppies, but the hey, teacher said. But the teacher said to the boys, those dogs play better than you do. And, and the team who should come to play against you have not arrived. So I suggest you play with those bright dogs. Pongo beamed, 
pretty smart and as、uh, for the pup as well, they throw some. They throw themselves into the game and scored lots of goals. Oh, really? Okay, give me a second. Check, check, how about now? Okay, February 4th. Easy as pie. Daisy, duck, baked two big apple pies for Donald and his nephews.、Hey. Oh. Even in the chilly weather, the boys like their pies cold. With ice cream on top, so Daisy put her two pies on the windowsill to cool. Meanwhile, mean rich old Uncle Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck, was walking down the road carrying a bag full of old gold coins. Suddenly, he had the feeling that he was being followed. He whipped, he whipped out a mirror from his pocket. And peered into it. Sure enough, he could see the reflection of the three vil- villainous bagel boys in the distance. Uncle slipped over the the fence into Daisy's backyard, and he spotted those pies quickly. He whipped the pastry lid off one pie. Tipped out the fruit and filled the pie with gold coins from his bag. Then he popped the lid back on the pie and tiptoed back to the fence, dragging the empty bag behind him to hide his telltale footprints in the snow. Uncle Scrooge tossed the empty bag onto the snowy road. And popped behind a tree to watch. The beagle boys picked up the bag. Huh? <sighs> He must have hidden the money in Daisy's yard," cried one of the boys. "It's buried under the snow," howled the second. "Let's dig it out." The boys took brooms and shovel from Daisy's. A shed and began to sweep and dig. Hee hee! Snigger Uncle Scrooge. I do like to see other folks working hard. At least the bagel boys gave up. The money just wasn't there. Huh? Snorted the first bagel boy. Whose bright idea、uh, was that? As Digging up all that snow, the old miser must have hidden the gold in his pocket," grumbled the second boy. "Let's go home," fumed the third boy. "I feel dead tired after all that work." They turned to leave, but Daisy was looking out of the back window. She was delighted that the bigger boys had swept her yard. Uh, what a kind deed! 
They must have turned over to new a new leaf. She said, "My, my thank you, bigger boys." Called Daisy. Hello, authentic. Good evening from my side. Please take my pie as a reward for your kindness. Gee, thanks. Uh, they smiled. No, no, with a parental yell, Uncle Scrooge leapt over the fence into the yard. Don't give them that pie. Really? Uncle Scrooge, you mustn't be so mean. Daisy frowned. The boys have earned that pie. Daisy picked up the other pie. Here you are, Uncle. If you are too mean to buy yourself a pie, you can have this one. No, no! Furious Uncle Scrooge screamed. I don't want any old pie. I want that pie. And he pointed to the pie held by the bigger boys. The boys were already hurrying away across the yard. It's very fishy. Uh, Scrooge McDuck being so keen to this pie, muttered the first bigger boy. Let's look inside, grabbed the third bigger boy, and he ripped the lid of the pie and found the gold coins. Gold! Gold! They whooped and rushed off with their, their fine. Uncle Scrooge was speechless. For once, he trembled with rage, but Daisy thought he was trembling with cold. Do come inside and get warm at a fire, Uncle, she invited, but Uncle Scrooge just gave a strangled gasp, tossed the pie to the ground and stalked off. Well, gobs puzzled Daisy. I must remember in future that Uncle Scrooge just doesn't like apple pie. Five. The Lost Teddy Bear Penny was the little orphan girl. Uh, those brave mice, Bianca and Bernard, rescued from the clutches of Madame Medusa. And they also saved Penny's favorite toy, a teddy bear. Bianca and Bernard often visited Penny at her new home, but one day poor Penny was upset. She sobbed such large tears that they tricked down her cheeks and plopped on the carpet, and Bianca and Bernard soon left quiet damp. I've lost my daddy, cried poor Penny. Don't worry, we will find him for you said the lovely Bianca. Then Bianca and Bernard squeaked in alarm, uh, for in bounced a lively puppy. Of course, to the little mice he looked enormous. He was a Christmas present, but he can't take my place of my teddy, sighed Penny. The puppy was very playful. He galloped around the mice and snatched off Bianca's uh, fur hat and ran away with it. Come back, cried Bernard, 
and he scram- scrambled after the puppy. The pup scuffled outside through the snow into his kennel. Bernard, determined to be brave, scattered in after him. Bianca called Bernard, come quickly. Bianca crept into the kennel uh, where the playful pup was now fast asleep. Look! Uh, cried Bernard, and there, in the corner of the kennel, was Penny's teddy bear. The naughty little dog had run off with it. You are a great detective, uh, Bernard, said Bianca. The two mice fetched Penny, and she was soon indoors again, hugging her teddy bear. Oh, thank you, she smiled. You must always send for us if you need help, Penny, Bernard, and Bianca. Six Flower Power Ferdinand the bull loved flowers, but now the ground is his belt was icy hard, not a flower was to be seen. Ferdinand felt very sad and when one day the farmer forgot to shut the gate properly. Ferdinand ambled out to find some flowers. In the town, he saw a shop full of butter of blooms. He trotted toward the shop window, but then he stopped dead. There was another bull inside the shop, guarding uh, those flowers. Hello, adieu, welcome. No hope on today. Sorry. Ferdinand snorted. The other bull snorted. Ferdinand pawed the crown. The other bull pawed the crown. Then Ferdinand saw that there was a lady in the shop. She looked very frightened. I must save her from that fierce bull, snorted Ferdinand. He pawed the crown, lowered his head, and was just about to charge when the farmer hurried down the the street. Yeah, good evening. Uh, stop, Ferdinand! He shouted. The bull stopped in surprise, and the farmer threw a halter over his head. That mad bull meant to charge my shop window, cried the lady, rushing out. No! chuckled the farmer. I see what happened. Ferdinand was looking at the flowers and uh, saw his reflection on the window. He thought it was a fierce bull who would harm you, didn't you, Ferdinand? Ferdinand nodded his head. The lady was so pleased. She made a garland of flowers to hang around Ferdinand's neck and back in his field. Ferdinand showed that the first snowdrops were beginning to show their leaves. What a splendid day! He snorted happily. Seven. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Grandma Duck always made a fine pot of broth on cold winter days. I must go shopping, said Grandma to Gus Goose. Please watch the broth for me. Broth. Broth. Grandma never puts enough pepper in her broth, muttered Gus, and added a big helping of pepper to the pot. Then uh, Gus remembered that he had to visit Clara Clark. 
So he asked Gerlos, the inventor, goes to look after Grandma's broth. Certainly, cried Gero, and he began to stir the broth. I think Grandma's uh, broth needs more flour, he said, and he popped into large spoonful of hot curry powder. Gera had to visit Uncle Scrooge, and when Madame Mim, the witch, whistled in on her broomstick, he asked her to mind the broth. Mmm, from Madame Mim, stirring the simmering broth. Grandma never puts in enough mustard, and Madame Mim tipped half a box of mustard powder into the soup. At lunchtime, Grandma Dog invited all her friends to sit around the table and she let let the steaming broth into their bowls. Gus dipped his spoon in and tasted it. Yucks! He squeaked. It's hot! Then Gerald tasted the broth and he yelled, Help! Water! Yucks! Screamed Madame Mim as she too tasted the broth. I'm on fire! Grandma sipped a tiny spoonful oh she wins we can't eat that however her friends weren't disappointed because she had baked uh, some potatoes in their jackets to keep everyone warm but no grandma won't let anyone else into her kitchen for too many cooks spoiled the broth she chuckled Hello Eva, hello aku ganteng. I'm reading my book and I'm recording my podcast. So now hop on today. Okay, A, a barn to pick. Scam, ladies and the tramp's cheeky puppy scampered through the snow, hoping to find some tasty snack. It's funny, he thought. How you always feel so much hungrier in the winter? Uh, suddenly his ears pricked. There, sticking out of the snow, was a large barn with plenty of meat on it. Fancy throwing that that way, cried Scam. Human are, humans beings are wasteful. He was just sinking his teeth into into it when two. When when who should come along but his par- parents' friend, trusty Jock, Peg, Boris, and Pedro. Where did you get that bone, lady? Asked Jock. I found it. Yep, scam. Ah, oh, you have to be careful about eating things folk have thrown away. Trumbled trusty. It might be bad. Burke Boris. I think we should try it first. We don't want you to get a tummy ache. Ladies first, murmured Peg and gnawed a piece of the bone. Mm, she said truthfully as she chewed the meat. My turn now, Wolf Jock, and sunk his dip into the meat. And me, old fellow, grunted trusty. And he chewed a large piece of the bone. When it was Boris' turn to try the bone, then Pedro's. Well, 
them all the dogs together as Cam watched them anxiously. We think that the bone is quite safe for you to eat. Goodbye. Scam looked at the bone in disgust. There was no meat left on it. The other dogs had eaten at all. It all. Growled Scam. Next time I find a bone, I shall hide it. My goodness, still a long, long way to go. Oh. Nine. A cure for, for frostbite. Word. The boy who was to become King Arthur asked the wizard Merlin to magic the painful frostbite of his toes. Be off, muttered Merlin. I'm busy, boy. So Ward visited Madame Mim, the witch. She had just taken a light and fluffy shovel made of men's uh, toadstool out of her brick oven. As Ward threw open the door, the icy blast made the shovel sing sadly. It rained, screamed the, the, the witch. You're a little thought. That's what are you? And in a flash, word finished. And there stood, what do you think? Yes, a thought. And in flash, what? Sorry. Oh, screamed, screamed. Madame M, I put a spell on him by mistake and my spells rarely work. Even when I want them to, oh, granted the thought. Be worried again, hold me, but nothing happened, and the thought hopped out into the snow. Top, top, word, other thought flip flopped back to Merlin's home. Woof, he petted. Word headed by a thought. Suppose Merlin didn't know it was he. Suppose he had to stay a thought forever. But Merlin was very wise. He saw, he saw at once who the thought was and cast a quick spell. Word stood before him and his frostbitten toes. Oh, thank you, gobs the lad. I'd best magic that frostbite away before you get into more trouble granted Merlin oh happily and he did word skipped back to Sir Hector's castle and in future if he gets frostbite he'll put up with it anything rather than be turned into a thought Story ten. Uh, Scam's hero. Scam was watching the television with his father, Tram, and his mother, Lady. It was his favorite show. But a famous Santa Bernard dog who rescued people lost in the snow. What a hero! Gaps, Scam. As the giant saggy dog plowed bravely through the snowdrift, 
when the snow ended, Cam watched the news broadcast. Three puppies are lost in the snow, barked the great Dan who was reading the news. Scam sat up and uh, sat up and pricked his ears. He would copy his doggy hero, the Santa Bernard. So Scam slipped out of the house. The snow was very deep, and because swamped was so much smaller than the Santa Bernard dog, it came right up to his neck, then over his nose, and then over his ears. Oof, mumbled Scam. He scrabbled with his paws and tried to dig his way out of the snow, but the harder he struggled, the deeper he sank. Oh, help! choked Scam. I need a Santa Bernard. Help! Meanwhile, Tramp and Lady had noticed that their pup was missing and went out to look for him. They saw his paw prints in the snow, and like detectives, they followed the trail to the big snow drift where Scam was trapped. Tram scraped the snow away and gently lifted Scam out by the scruff of his neck. Sivert Scam, I was looking for the lost puppies just like my Santa Bernard hero. Tram and Lady smiled at their brave little son. You must wait until you are a much bigger dog before you try to rescue folks. Yes, sniffed Scam. I think you are right. Eleven. Pluto's hiding place. Pluto was looking for a good place. A good place to hide his fine newborn. He couldn't dig a hole because the frost made the frost had made the ground so hard he couldn't dig up the the earth. Pluto scratched his ear carefully as he looked around Mickey Mickey Mouse Garden. Ah, oh, the door of the garden shed was ajar. Pluto picked up his bone and carried it into the shed. He would leave it in the dark, in a dark corner where Mickey kept his stiff broom and rake and hoe. Pluto put out a paw. Mm. Hello, silakan silakan Raya. Pluto, ya sampai mana tadi? Pluto put out a paw to move the bristly broom out of the way. But the broom twitched angrily. It stuck its bristles into Pluto's paw. Pluto's ears pricked in terror, and his tail trembled. His poor paw tingled, and he was terrified. A moving broom. It must be magic. Hey, Mama. Mama Tanti? Welcome, welcome. Oh, yelled poor Pluto. He rushed out of the shed, shivering and howling. He made such a noise that Mickey came out to see what was wrong. Pluto barked and mm. ran in and out of the shed, trying to... No, I'm reading and recording. Uh, 
flew to the park and ran in and out of the shed, trying to warn Mickey about the magic broom. Keep cool, smiled Mickey. Let's see what you are making such a fuss about. Mickey went into the dark corner and Pluto dashed up to the bristled broom, barking like mad. Mickey chuckled. All this fuss about the hedgehog. For you, see? Pluto's broom wasn't a broom at all. It was a freaky hedgehog, hedgehog who had chosen the shed as a cozy place for his winter sleep. The hedgehog bristled his spines at Mickey, and the kind mouse went indoors to fetch a bowl of bread and milk for the prickly visitor. But by the time Mickey came back, the hedgehog had curled up again and was fast asleep. Pluto did feel silly. Fancy him mistaking a hedgehog for a broom. Still, as the hedgehog uh, didn't want the bread and milk, it was a pity to waste it, wasn't it? And happy Pluto licked the bowl clean. Eleven, the spotted dog mystery. That brave old dog, the colonel who helped save Pongo and Berdita's Dalmatian puppies from the wicked, cruel Deville, was dozing before a roaring fire when in crossed that loyal cat, Sergeant Tips. Colonel, gap Sergeant Tips. I believe Cruella Deville is at work again. I hear a spotted dog is missing from the Red Cliff home, where the Pongos live. The colonel and the sergeant hurried to see the captain, sturdy horse. A wee went the captain. I saw a spotted dog tied up in the stables down the road. Lagi baca, lagi baca, baca. Yeah, sampai mana kan? Follow me, roared the colonel, and he charged towards the stables, where they found a sleeping spotted dog, lashes to a post. Sergeant Tips untied the dog's leash, and the colonel grabbed the loop in his jaws. We'll rescue you. We we will rescue you. He thundered. Oh, what? Gaps the spotted dog. Jacked out of his sleep, the colonel, the captain, and the sergeant hurried to the Redcliffe's house, pulling the spotted dog with them. Hey, what's going on? he asked. Don't worry, lady, boomed the colonel. We are taking you home. At the Redcliffe's house, the brave threesome met Pongo and Perdita. Here's your missing Dalmatian, your spotted dog. Buffed the colonel, Pongo and Perdita love our little spot, spotted pup still no longer missing. We found him taking a nap in a hole. In a hole closet, they look at the pup that the colonel, the captain, and the citizen had delivered. This little fellow is a stranger. Stranger, they said. Bless my soul, gasped the colonel, the captain, and the citizen. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go home now," barked the spotted dog, crossly. <laughs>
Welcome, welcome. Eh, ntar dulu uh, lima cerita lagi ya. Thirteen, uh, hide and seek. Gus and Jack were dozing peacefully in their cozy mouse hall in the kitchen when the most delicious smell drifted under the noses. Gus woke up at once and his whiskers twitched. Mm, I smell cheese, he whispered longingly. Toasted cheese too, uh, growled Jack, uh, rubbing his tummy hungrily. My very favorite food. The two mice scampered out of their hole and across the floor towards the table. They were so excited at the thought of that wonderful cheese that they quite forgot to look out for their dreaded enemy, the cat. The cat stalked through the door and led from the garden, treating the snowflake of his fear. Brrr, it's chilly, he grumbled to himself. I even have frost on my whiskers. I'll curl up in front of the kitchen fire and have forty cozy wings. Then the cat's eye narrowed into yellow slits. All the hairs on his back stood up stiffly. What's this? he hissed. Those cheeky mice, Gars and Jack, huh, watch me, cheer up and catch them. The cat padded across the floor, uh, his velvet paws making no sound. Cheep, cheep, the canary safe in his cage, swinging high so the cat and squeaked a warning to his two mice friends. Cheep, cheep. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Gus and Jack, give me a moment, bro. Gus and Jack turned and trembled. Eee, the cat! Gulp Gus, run for your life, Jack. However, the artful cat crouched between Gus and Jack and their safe mouse hole. Where uh, could they go? Who could they escape? Hickory dickory dog, the mice ran up the clock. Squealed Gus to Jack. And that's just what you did. Uh, they swarmed up the chair and leaped off its top rung on to the long chain that dangled from the splendid new wooden clock cook had fixed on the wall. It was shaped like a little Swiss cottage with carved fruit and flowers around the roof and the small door. Gus and Jack scrambled over the top of the clock and they were just thin enough to squeeze between the back of the clock and the wall and hide inside. The cat grinned and licked his lips. Ah, now I have those little violins in my power, he purred. I'll surprise them by putting my paw in the door of that clock and grabbing them. So the cat sprang on the back of the chair and he scratched up towards the little door. And just as his bristling whiskers were level with it, banged the door, flew open and hit him right on the nose. Oh! yelled the cat. And as he dropped to the ground, a little wooden bird popped out of the door. Cuckoo, 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 he cried. 
Ah, oh, my poor nose, groaned the cat, rubbing it tenderly with his paw. Gus and Jack uh, peeped out from behind the clock. Just in time to see the cook standing at the kitchen door and shaking her rolling pin angrily at her cat. I saw you, you bad cat, trying to pull the cooker out of my white new clock out of my kitchen at once. And don't you dare to touch that clock again? Meow! Hold the cat! And he straked out in the snow as fast as his paws could carry him, chased by the angry cook. Gus and Jack swam down the clock chains, scurried across the floor, and bolted into their cozy little mouse hole. Goodness! That was a narrow escape, squeaked Gus, puffling and panting. Yes! giggled Jack. But now we know one place where it is quiet to save to hide from the cat. He won't dare to chat that cuckoo clock again. The end. Thank you so much for listening.